Sorry I'm late, guys. I was taking a crap. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're all about cinematic connections. Each week we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. I'm Zach Brooks, and uh, I'm the Robert Redford of this podcast, and I'm joined by the Paul Newman of this podcast, Brenda Fitzpatrick. Uh, or you could call me Shaw. Shaw, Shaw um, Fitzpatrick? Shaw Fitzpatrick. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know if there are any is there any Fitzies in this. Brent, I don't Brent think there Shaw. Is. Um, no, there are no Fitzies. Yeah. Uh, we do so. have a uh, Irish gangster though, so that's a nice twist. Um, we do, yes. I think Olin was very excited for that. And we do, so. Mr. Doyle Lonigan, played by Robert Shaw. So there we go. Uh, yes, uh, this week we are talking about the Sting. Very excited to knock this one off my blind spot list. Yeah, uh, about um, some con men. This was a revisit for me, especially. Um, so I don't know how you feel about Sting, but my favorite Sting moment comes from like I've always been a big wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so my favorite Sting moment is so he got attacked by the Four Horsemen at Clash of the Champions in like Old 1989. WCW, yeah. Old school. And then he came back like a year and a half later at the Great American Bash and beat Ric Flair for the world title. Spoiler alert for Great American Bash 1990. Maybe, but, maybe that's um, what we'll do next week, yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite Sting moment. Um, yeah, I was going to say Desert Rose because I have gotcha. that song stuck in my head now. I do like The Police. Um, I like Sting when he was in the crow makeup. And uh, the NWO uh, Sting, I like that. Um, I first got, and we're really getting off track, but that's fine. Uh, I first got into wrestling when it was like NWO Wolfpack. That was when I was in middle school. Well, so yeah. my brother and I, like, we got the, like some of those uh, WCW pay-per-views and had people over. And I remember Sting had the red and black makeup. So that's my, that's the Sting I like. Yeah, you're, you're pre, so not the police Sting, but uh, 90s era Sting. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I like the police thing, but I think I I started liking the police uh, later on. Like, gotcha. you know, I, I was too young to appreciate the police. I was just I just like wrestling. But anywho, we last could week, connect this to the uh, to the 1980s version of Dune, but I don't. I think was gonna say, yeah, I was, maybe, maybe <laughs> that'll come up if we want to go. Maybe that'll come up later. Sting. Yeah. So uh, last week, speaking of connections, we talked about Paper Moon, and this mm-hmm. week, due to a, uh, I have a good connection written down for our title connection but something along the lines of con artists during the great depression we will be talking about the sting and uh, of course as we referenced it stars paul newman robert redford uh one of a few movies that they're in together from 1973 then at the end of uh, this podcast we will pick our met our next movie based on suggestions sent in from the listeners and ones that we curated as your hosts and uh, once we do pick that movie, make sure you send in your feedback at Ladder Movie on Twitter, the movie ladder at gmail.com. It's email address, send in your feedback. And next movie connection for next week's movie, which will be the third week in September. Somehow we are barreling along into the fourth quarter of 2021, our second year on this podcast. Wild. Yeah, I'm, I'm really uh, I'm really excited with uh what our ladder looks like at this point in time uh it's pretty it's pretty wild um we've got a hot, lot of high scores a lot of low scores not a lot that we're like right in the middle about which i think is really nice and so uh this was our 37th movie last yeah. week we did paper moon was our 36th of the year we did mm-hmm. interview with vampires our 36th movie last year and i believe that was the last of podcast right interview was, with vampires yeah. the end of av was like no more i'm not doing i'm not I doing this, this anymore, anymore. 
Um, and uh, our 37th podcast last year was what we do in the shadows, which uh, I have a fun connection to that. That I will we mention. were really happy to uh, do that one together, too, because I know you had turned me on to the uh, show and the movie. So which I have not yet watched any of the new episodes, but first couple are up on Hulu. Really, really enjoying it. Glad it's back. Um, have enjoyed the first few episodes. So. Well, speaking of things that you enjoy watching, Brennan, what's the best thing you saw this week? All right. So I checked out the uh, stage, filmed stage production of the hit 2000s musical on Apple TV Plus that was filmed earlier this year during the pandemic once Broadway reopened. Uh, and that's the 2017 Broadway hit, Come From Away, which focuses around 7,000 passengers that are stranded in Canada after 9-11 because mm. they couldn't have their flights land in the U.S. because they were already in foreign airspace in Canada. Did and this so just come out like, this week? This did just come out this week. Um, oh. So their planes were, all these people, 38 planes, 7,000 human beings were diverted to the small town of Gander in Newfoundland. And it was uh, it was very moving, very funny, and very emotionally powerful. Like, I mean, it brought back a lot of memories of, um, you know, what things were like around that time 20 years ago, especially, you know, the day of and the days immediately following September 11th. And it just felt really appropriate to watch it, um, you know, over this weekend because it was the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Mm -hmm. And I, I highly recommend people check it out if they have Apple TV Plus or a uh, a way to get to it if they have never seen it. Um, I I had only heard about this. I know Ford's Theater did it a year or two ago after I stopped working there, um, but I didn't get a chance to go see it. Um, but I know people love it. Um, I know it's a Mike Bloom favorite. Um, it's it's really incredible, and I don't want to give too much away. I found it really emotionally powerful and also, like, tremendously uplifting. Um, I didn't realize you had Apple. I guess it makes sense you have Apple TV Plus. Because uh, when I look when I look at this, I don't have Apple TV Plus listed as one of my favorite services. So to me, it looks like this isn't uh, streaming anywhere. It is not. It's know. just on TV, Apple TV. Just yeah, Apple TV. so. Um, yeah, so I, I have it um, because it's only six ninety nine a month. It's pretty worth it. You watch it Ted Lasso on there. I do too, watch right? Ted Lasso yeah. on there, and I share the account with my older brother. So oh, nice. He watches stuff on there that like he he's started for all mankind, which I've heard. Started yet. I heard I heard and morning I like, show is actually pretty good, but I call morning yeah. show diet succession because I just feel like Absolutely. if you're gonna watch morning show, you might as well watch succession. Speaking of which, we have a premiere date for season three of Succession, which I'm very yeah. excited about. Uh, what is, it? is it October fifteenth? October, whatever that second Sunday in October is. Yeah, October, that is. October uh, no, like that's that. the 10th. I think it's October 17th, third Sunday. Oh, then it might be the 17th. Yeah. Okay. I think, I don't think they've announced it yet, but I would imagine that's also the premiere date of Curb Season 11. Speaking that sounds of right. Pretty, pretty good month. So. Yeah, sounds um, really good. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah hopefully, I hope people check out Come From Away. Um, but yeah, that was the big thing. I must to find a way to watch this. It sounds yeah. interesting. And uh, there's a lot of these film stage adaptations I wanted to. I wanted to watch the one with David Byrne from last year. And I think there was one other American stage Tokyo. adaptation I wanted to watch as well. Um, and obviously, obviously I mean, everybody knows I'm a big theater guy. Like, I loved Hamilton. And yeah. Yeah. Um, Tick, Tick, Boom is coming out later this year, which I want to see 
Um, West Side Story, obviously, you know, if we can find a way to end the year on West Side Story, it would be freaking incredible. That could be fun. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll see what movie theaters yeah, are like by then. So. We'll see what happens. But yeah. um, yeah, I'm yeah. I hope people check it out. Good, good. All right. Uh, well, for me, so I actually, I mean, as as I mentioned on last week's podcast, I was in D.C. all of last week. Uh, super busy, seeing lots of friends, doing a lot of uh, going out and drinking and eating and doing things except watching TV and watching movies. So yesterday I was thinking, what am I going to talk about is my best thing I watched this week. Um, and I thought maybe I'd talk about the zombie episode of What If, because I actually thought that was pretty good. Um and uh, then I actually was just looking at my letterbox and I totally forgot. I watched Blue Ruin, finally knocked Blue Ruin off of oh, my watch list. Nice. Uh, my brother and I were just sitting up, you know, my brother watches a lot of movies in the morning mm-hmm. and uh, we got up a morning and he's like, we should watch something. And he was just scrolling and he saw Blue Ruin. And he's like, you've never seen this. Let's watch Blue Ruin. Uh, very intense, very bloody, yeah. uh, very tragic story. Uh, I liked I liked it quite a bit. And I actually noted that uh, this would have been a great connection off of Home Alone for lots of reasons. But one oh, yeah. is because Buzz McAllister is in Blue Ruin. So yep. we could have we could have connected off of that uh, last year on the podcast. Yeah, um, I, uh, I watched it last year from my ladder. Um, I thought it was really dark, but really, really well made. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, liked I don't it. I'm sure Blue Ruin has come up at some point uh, on this podcast. Uh, off of Harold and Maude, it looks like Blue Ruin. Came up. I do not know why, what the connection is to Harold and Maude, but let's see what. Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it, maybe it didn't come up. It's still loading. Uh, then I thought I was going to get kind of cheeky and say, best thing I saw last week was Brendan, because I saw Brendan in person, and it's been years. Uh, right. And saw my at, that, at that very apartment that you're at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, thought again, and especially considering this is week 37 of the Movie Ladder podcast, my brother had never seen what we do in the shadows. Ooh. And so one of the mornings I was there, I was kind of in and out. I didn't watch the whole thing, uh, but he watched What We Do in the Shadows, and I watched most of that with him. And uh, What We Do in the Shadows, still great. I still highly recommend it. It's actually amazing how many jokes this time I caught that I did not catch every previous yeah. time. I Like, there's just so many subtle, funny moments in that movie. And we have a whole podcast about What We Do in the Shadows from exactly one year ago, uh, if you have not listened to it. But highly recommend the, the movie, highly recommend the show. They work so well mm-hmm. together. And uh, yeah, What We Do in the Shadows is excellent. Freaking werewolves. I was sad, not werewolves. <laughs> I was very sad because uh, I was in the shower. I got out of the shower, came downstairs, he was watching what we do in the shadows, and I had missed the whole spaghetti scene, which is my favorite Oh, scene. yeah, yeah. I know you love that one. Yeah. Enjoy your paschetti. Yeah. Biscuit. Do you like biscuitti? That was even my, uh, I believe that yeah. was my intro to that podcast yeah. as well. Yeah, I think it was. So, uh, all right. Well, let's talk about The Sting. So uh, this was my first time seeing The Sting. You said you had seen it a couple times before, but not in a yep. while, correct? So Yeah, I think the last time I saw it was probably high school. Um, you know, and you know, like high school or college age, um, it's hard to pin down, you know. When you're when you're a teenager, you, you just wa- end up watching a lot of movies when you're home alone on a weekend doing homework mm-hmm. or whatever, and something's, you know, when you're a nerdy teenager in middle school and high school, you go to the library and you check out a, bu- a stack full of movies and books at once, and you go home and you read you. all the books and watch all the movies. And yeah. Well, funny you should mention the library, because that is where I got this Blu-ray from, because it was not streaming anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, got it home, looked at the disc, and it had a giant scratch across it, and I was like, well, Damn. let's just stick it in, see if it works. It did not. So I ended up having to pay uh, rent this one. Uh, and I will be reporting to the library. It'll be a good Samaritan. I'll report to the library that just they gave me a scratched. Hopefully they'll replace it for the next maybe, person who's trying maybe to Maybe they'll give you three ninety nine yeah. too. No, I didn't have to pay for it. It just well, I guess yeah, it's true. Give me the three ninety nine to pay Amazon. Uh, 
that's okay. Uh, <laughs> so this is a uh, this movie takes place in Illinois, 1936. It's about mm-hmm. a couple of con artists. Uh, they go by many names in this. We have Shaw and Kelly, although Hooker and Gonsdorf are their actual names. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, Henry Gonsdorf and Johnny Hooker. Uh, and of course, we also have Robert Shaw as the villain, Donigan, Doyle, or sorry, Lonigan, Doyle Lonigan, yep. not Lonahan. Yep, not uh, a lot of hand. No. So, uh, and we we were watching this uh, big con play out over the movie. Uh, as the viewers were not totally clued in as to what is real and or you know what is part of the what is part of the scam and what is not part of the scam. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure we'll talk about kind of how that storytelling is plays out on the movie. Uh, but I know for me, watching the movie with uh, with taking notes, I had to, like, I could not look away. So if I had to take notes, I had mm-hmm. to keep pausing the movie. It took me a very long time to get through this because I didn't. I noticed that early on in the movie, when Hooker loses the money, for example, mm-hmm. um, I looked down to write something in my notes, and I totally missed that the roulette dealer um, rigged the table. Yep. And I was like, okay, this is a movie you have to watch every frame of because there's okay. a shot or or an angle or a line that if you miss it, you're gonna you're not gonna catch a key part of the story. Right, because everything is a con. Like everybody is running on a con a con on everybody else in this film constantly, and it's a constant battle of who a constant battle of <laughs> yes. will these two guys who may or may not have their shit together end up being able to pull one over on Shaw in the end. Online. Um, you out. see, you need to use the character see, names tonight. Sorry, because... Robert Shaw. Right, Lonigan, because if you say end, Robert Shaw, sorry, exactly, you need to use character yeah, names tonight. Yes, absolutely. I already messed it up. So, yep. and I'll pull this off against Lonigan in the end, or you know, will will this lead to their downfall and their arrest? And as my um, as this has been a very long time since I'd seen this, I remembered a lot of the interplay of the con, but I totally forgot that the FBI guy. And so hang on, hang on one second, because yeah. I forgot to, I did not stick to yeah. my script to start this, and I totally oh, yeah. forgot to so give our spoiler games. warning at the top. Yes, so on this podcast, this is your first time listening, we go into the spoilers of every movie that we talk about. Uh, we will put the timestamp if you want to jump ahead to find out what we're going to be watching next week, but we do do full spoilers, so we will be spoiling this thing. Yeah. Uh, it is not available to watch streaming for free anywhere, but your library hopefully has a non-scratched copy, and you can, of course, rent it. So, spoiler warning now. Now, Brendan, go ahead. The FBI agent. Right. So you're introduced to an FBI agent played by Dana Eckler, Elker, um, who plays Agent Polk. But his real name is Hickey, and he comes in late into the movie to basically try to get the crooked cop played wonderfully by um, oh, what's his crooked name? Charles Durning. Charles Durning. Yeah. Off of off of Hooker's back, and he's really good. Um, both of them are really great in their parts, but I had totally forgotten that he wasn't actually an FBI agent mm-hmm. and showed up like right before the final part of the con to kill um, Hooker's love interest because she was actually a double agent, too. And it was yeah, that, like that part was still a little confusing to me. Yeah. Um, she's Loretta, which ends up being Loretta Salino. But yeah, and the big twist at the end is that the, the FBI agent is actually in on the scam. Correct. And he he pretends to kill Gondorf, who pretends to kill Hooker, right. exactly. which is enough to scam Snyder, the Charles Durning's character, yeah. to get out of there, think that they're both dead, and then keep him off of Hooker, at least exactly. until the sink, too. So, yep. uh, which 
Yeah. <laughs> and I, I will just... say, like, so since this was my first time watching the movie, the movie's pretty upbeat and, yeah. and light. But when they both shoot each other, there was a brief period of time where I wonder, you know, there was a couple seconds where I was like, wait a second, do they both, is this how this ends? I mean, I knew there's a, mm. I know there's a sequel to this movie, but the sequel could be about anything. I was like, right. does this have a really dark, tragic ending? Um, and they they keep you on the hook for a little bit of time, and then you realize it's the uh, it's the right. red capsule that they're both yeah. Eating. Like they had right. to wait for you know they had to wait for them to get cleared out of there so that they could wake them up you know and the whole the whole thing is so precisely dependent on specific timing mm-hmm. because all of these places that they're using to pull off this con are also temporary. Right, like what that's is a, that's very yeah. fun. How they make the they make the the fake betting warehouse and yeah. uh, this movie would not work in the age of the internet at all. Between yeah. that and all the horse races that they're reading way after they've happened, right, uh, right. you know you, that was I, you can see why in 1936 Lonigan wouldn't have access to the information, but now yeah. um, even when this movie was made even in 1973, he would probably know a lot more uh, that you know he was being scammed. Well, um, also, I think it was really nice that it was imperative that Lonigan, that the con that get to get Lonigan was a game that he was not as familiar with mm-hmm. and wouldn't normally play. So he wasn't really into horse racing. It was just a offer he couldn't refuse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that got him into playing that game because if you recall, like at the beginning, they try to like pin down what the con can be, and they're like. Well, he really only loves poker. How do we hook him with poker? Okay, we send in Paul Newman, Shaw, to basically really piss him off during a poker game so that he feels like he has to get revenge on Shaw, on on Newman. Mm-hmm. Shaw, Shaw's character, Lonigan, feels like he has to get revenge on Newman. And so the only way he can think, do that is to try to destroy his racket, which is horse racing. Right. And so... Right, so that's like phase one of the con. And the way that this movie is structured is it's structured in these chapters, Mm. um, which was nice for taking notes because I was able to write down the players, the setup, the hook, the tail, the wire, the shutout. Finally, the sting is the last one. Mm. Um, And yeah, then there's some, I mean, I I don't know. I had a lot of fun watching this movie. I really, really enjoyed it. I can see why this is, get the acclaim that it does. Um, I mean, it won seven Academy Awards. Um, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't know. This was this was one that was on my watch list for a while, and it was so fun to watch this and then be like, oh, we're gonna get to kind of dissect like what happened. How did they get to this the the big con, which uh, often in Lost they talk about the long con, but in this it's the big con. And you could see that this movie just the influences on other movies in so many different ways, and the performances uh, by both, you know, specifically by Newman and Redford um, mm-hmm. in different parts and. You know, this is another one. We talk about the rewatchables a lot on this podcast. Like, I cannot believe the rewatchables has not done this movie yet. I know they don't do a lot of older movies, yeah. but this is like definition rewatchable movie. Yeah, um, it's it's so funny. Um, Chris, 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 uh, Ryan, and Andy Greenwald recently teased on an episode of The Watch that they had gotten together to do an episode of the show mm-hmm. of the rewatchables, and I, I would like I could see it being something like The Sting, where it's like a buddy romp. Yeah, like a and if it if it turns out to be the sting, it'll make me incredibly happy. Well, okay, so, so. it's interesting. You caught a buddy romp. I I think that is the one area where I don't think that this kind of I don't know if it's a it's a criticism of the movie, but you don't get a lot of 
Newman and yeah. Redford playing off of each other. They're both kind of doing their That's own fair. separate tasks throughout this movie. You do have the scene where, um, you know, where Hooker shows up at Gondar's right. apartment and when he right. fe- first meets him. And he has some interactions like on the train and as they're planning things. But you're really seeing a lot more of Redford and Robert Shaw together. Right. That's also um, and, and Newman also kind of doing some things behind the scenes. Um, Newman and Eileen Brennan doing a lot together. But yeah, it's uh, having I just watched Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid a few months ago, which maybe I'll be watching it again next week. Mm-hmm. But that one is much more them two being buddies. And it's kind yeah, of it's much more. To it. yeah. I think that distance is important to plant that seed of doubt in you whether they're going to be able to pull off this con or not, because mm-hmm. it's important that they're never completely on the same page because also you need that sort of doubt in the hooker character mm-hmm. and in, and in the, the um, Goddorf character, because you're, you don't really know these guys all that well, and they don't know each other all that well. They're and they just can be conning the other. And, then, exactly. and I kept waiting so that's, for yeah. the final twist, which the final twist was that they were also conning the cop. They weren't exactly. just conning Lon again. Right, um, exactly. But I wondered, you know, I was like, oh, like when when Hooker goes behind uh, uh, Gondorf's back, maybe he's maybe he's actually going to work with Lon again and 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 scam him, or maybe all of this was a long con by Gondorf to con Hooker, right? Exactly. For him to get some revenge on Hooker for for something the Hooker might have done. Getting, in the past. For getting his his friend killed, right? Yeah. That like actually the mark was never Lon again the whole time. The, the mark was one of them. Um, which well, I do think is something that you see in a lot of movies, you know, a lot of these con artist movies that the person you think you're watching is the mark is never, they're actually one of the players. They're not the mark. Exactly. And they both would have a reason to con the other for what happened to Luther. And that's why I think, and if we want to go back to the very beginning, mm-hmm. that's why I think the beginning setup of this movie is so important is because it sets up that all three of the people that we meet um, Ian Shaw in the in Paul Newman's character, Robert Redford's character, and Robert Shaw's character are all in some way responsible for the death of Luther, mm, but also might want some kind of revenge for how it went down. Because you know, for for Robert Shaw's character, it's because they got his payroll guy out of what was it, twenty thousand dollars. Uh, and then, something like that. I think it was eleven. It might have only been eleven thousand dollars. Yeah, but. It, it's yeah. And then you know, Gondorf might want revenge on the two of them separately. One for getting Luther killed, and two for, for you know counterfeit money up. and yeah, yeah, exactly. But so what? What would they be able to blame Gondorf for? Just for like leaving Luther in Chicago to kind of be, like, yeah. to getting out of the, for getting out of the game. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we actually, I was surprised we don't even meet Gondorf uh, for a very long time. We don't meet him until the setup. So the second chapter of this movie. So the players, again, interesting for the chapter to be called The Players, and we're not actually meeting one of the main players during this. Um, you know, we are meeting other, we are meeting um, the other guy, and I can't remember what his, the, the, the twist taxi kid. cab driver. Yeah, is it Kid um, Twist, is that his name? Um, or Eerie Kid. That's the Eerie, Eerie kid, the kid, played by Jack Kehoe. Yeah. So we do meet him because, yeah, he's the taxi cab driver. Yeah. We're meeting Lonnie. We're meeting Lonnie against thugs. We're meeting the cop. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're meeting a lot of the characters early, but we don't meet Gondorf. And Paul Newman is the first one on the cast list. And yeah. uh, I would 
imagine Paul Newman was the bigger name at this time than Robert Redford, but I do he not. Had had a, he had had a series of flops leading up to this, mm-hmm. and it sort of started to fade away, and this movie reignited his career. Okay. But um, he yeah, hadn't let's... done a ton in between that was successful in between Butch Cassidy and this. Um, yeah, so I'm just looking at what Paul Newman did. So he did The Hustler, obviously, right. in uh, 1961. You know, he did Hot, Hot, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof as well. That's another one I know. Is That's a, a I'm sure those ones I'm skipping. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after The Hustler, um, you know, Cool Hand Luke well, as well was, was 67. Yep. Butch Cassidy, 69, with Robert Redford. Yep. Um, yeah, and then it was a couple years after Butch Cassidy between that and the sting nothing else that and then from the sting when we have the towering inferno silent movie slap shot yeah uh, and those are all big movies for him mm-hmm. like i mean towering inferno is massive yeah and the last movie paul newman did uh was cars three <laughs> <Looks like. laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah uh is paul newman still alive i'm he's still alive right uh i believe he has passed away oh no yeah 2008 uh okay so so the Cars 3 was not the last movie he was in. It was I probably mean, the last one he's credited. They must have right, used it. Right, it was one. probably archival voice because yeah. he's the old he's the old race car that is Lightning McQueen's mentor. Okay, right? and that's in 2006. So, yeah. So, yeah, they probably just used archival stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and then, of course, Robert Redford, you know, younger. He's the, right. um, you know, I he's mean, the, the Sundance kid in Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, so... And then he gets, you know, he was up for the role of Michael Corleone the year before, but they mm. wanted a more Italian-looking actor, obviously. Oh, um, that would have been, a, you know, if he was Michael Corleone, I mean, it'd be a different world, but we could have definitely different. done The Godfather next, next week. Well, um, then, then does Al Pacino play Hooker in this? Oh, maybe, yeah. I, I doubt it, but, you yeah. know, it would have been a very different movie. And mm-hmm. then we could connect it back to Dick Tracy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hey, we might be doing that anyway. So yeah, that's also uh, very true. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Luther a little bit because we just get Luther, you know, early on, and then we also, of course, have Luther's wife used as, um, as well. What we think, Uh, we think Luther's wife is, yeah, yeah, yes, being used used as bait by the FBI agents, but actually, that's all part of the scam. She was never actually used. Um, and you know, we do lose Luther very early in this movie. You know, he's part of the initial scam. With uh, with Hooker when they rob the guy of the money, uh, I do love that scam where he puts he puts the money in his and you can see when you're watching it knowing it's happening because yeah. I went back and watched that part again. You can totally see how he would do that. Like he just grabs next, you know, he had another pack of the of the fake money and you know the yeah. the runner is just a, so stupid that he he runs away without uh, checking and realizing he got scammed. And yeah, when, luckily, lucky there was a cab right there to pick him up. Like that's right. why. And of that course, the cab so is the cab is in on the scab. Yeah, that's why the, the cab scam. being there is so important too. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, and I was wondering about you know as they're talking about how much money was there. Like you know, we hear the hooker loses three thousand. There was five thousand. I was kind of doing you know shaking down for two. I was kind of doing the math in my head. I was like, wait a second, is is hooker scamming these guys and actually he has the money? But uh, especially because we see the fixed roulette game happen. And I guess that's just introducing us to that there is fixed gambling in this world right. uh, in this time period. But I wasn't. We never really get anything else with the fixed gambling except that that Hooker loses the money and loses his girl. Yeah. So, um. And yeah, the cop shakes him down for two thousand. He pays with fake money. That leads to right. Luther being killed. Um. And 
you know, I, I will say that well, it the, also what, not just it's not just that the fake money leads to him be killed. It's that the person they ripped off was a runner for Lonigan, right. and this cop is a crooked cop who's on Lonigan's payroll. So there's a whole extra layer of the relationship. I guess I didn't realize cop, that the cop was on Lonigan's payroll. I mean, that makes yeah. sense. I just didn't. Really yeah, yeah. Because so. that's why he's there with the gangster. Um, attacking Hooker in the alley, saying, "Where's the money?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, because okay. it's it's him and a regular gangster mm-hmm. that are there trying to get the money back from Hooker in the alley. Right. And uh, you know he lies and says he's the only one that ha- that took the money, mm-hmm. but then they know that that's not true. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um. So, at you know at this point, then you know Hooker goes on the run. He knows about mm-hmm. Gondorf. Um. I don't know, you know, I wasn't looking for the name Gondorf in the first section, but is Gondorf mentioned during the any of the scenes with Luther? Um, that, yeah, like, Luther the... says you should go look up my friend Gondorf. Okay. Yeah, in Chicago. So we do get the setup he'll, of, he'll help of you. Basically, he'll help finish your training. It's the, yeah, you know, he's like the he'll Yoda. Be the, he'll be the Yoda to my Obi Wan. You know? stri- yeah, wow, yeah. I mean, strike me down, and I you know, become powerful. You can possibly imagine. So exactly. Luther, Luther does end up being a key part of this. Of this kind of take down Lonigan and the the dirty cop as well. Uh, Do we ever get anything else about the Florida Senator stock deal? Because that's why Gondorf is kind of in hiding now. He had a deal uh, go bad in Florida where he ripped off a senator. Now, that never really plays a role again in this movie, does it? No, not really. It's just sort of just set up his reputation and him Mm -hmm. being out of the game. Right. And I guess it does partially set up that this is why the FBI is after him. Right. Also for this scam. Um. It's and I important. guess this is this is a good time to bring up when is Hooker involved or what when is Gondorf, I guess, involved with the FBI? Because we don't know that that's the thing that sort of like the, the thing that is hard for me to chew on a little bit in well, this movie is he's not because the, the guy pretending to be an FBI agent isn't actually an FBI agent. Right. Who's also a gangster. He's a gangster pretending to be an FBI agent. He's a gangster working with Gondorf, though. He's a he's, correct. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, so the the whole plan of having them shoot each other with the blanks, fake their yeah. deaths, are Gondorf and Hooker both in on this as part of the Absolutely, plan? Absolutely, yes. And that's probably the thing that they discussed in the apartment the night before that we don't see or hear. Right. Because we the night before the final act, we only get part of a conversation that was probably a much larger scene where they're sort of just like, Pepping each other up and saying goodnight before the final bit. And it's important that you don't hear any of that. Because it maintains the twist at the end of the movie. Because it, exactly, it maintains the twist because it wants to plant that little bit of doubt in your head that Redford really is going to turn on Newman. Right. Because you need that, you need to be unsure of their true intentions in order for the final twist to work. Yeah. And I, it's, it's something that I feel like, you know, it happens a lot in movies where, you know, there's like Mm -hmm. a sleight of hand type thing. I mean, it's going to come up in some of the other movies I'm going to bring up where you're not seeing something that's going on. You know, the audience sees one thing, but there's actually this whole trick going on off camera. And it's, it's imperative that you don't see that because it maintains the mystery and the illusion, but it does. It is a little bit distracting. And as I was watching this, I was like, well, I kind of wish we were, you know, we're in with these guys for the whole movie, right? The whole movie is told from their perspective of how they're how they're going to scam Lonigan. You know they're scamming Lonigan. You just don't know how. 
And it's never quite revealed during the movie how. And then it's like, hey, guess what? Here's the big illusion. Here's the, here's big, the, thing. Big, here's the big surprise. But it's and, st- you still don't get to flash back. Like, if this was Ocean's Eleven, mm-hmm. we would flash back to every step along the way that we didn't see. We or, would see Gondorf meet with the fake FBI agent and say, hey, here's what I need you to do, and drop a file on his desk. But I don't we even necessarily see, want that. I want to be like, okay, the next time I watch this movie, I'm going to pick up on hints to what's really right. going on that you don't pick up on. And I don't think there's as much. I mean, I think, like, you're seeing things. And right. you're putting things together, but you don't see as much that, you know, now, like, when you watch The Sixth Sense, knowing the big twist in The Sixth Sense, you can watch The Sixth Sense again, and you can right. be and like, oh, I see, like, it was it was sleight of hand, but the the magic show was going on in front of me, whereas with this movie, the magic show is going on behind the curtain, and you don't see it. And you're just, then at the end, you get this result, and it's like, see, what a big surprise. And I think that's the one thing that... I know there's, you know, and I'll be curious if Olin liked this movie better. I know Olin was not a big fan of this when he first watched it. I know Oz's not a big fan of this. And I do wonder if that's their main criticism, is that you don't get to see the work being played out. You just see the final result. I think that's fair. And I mean, maybe maybe next year we'll do the re-sting yeah. and, see, and see what happens. Yeah, you know, exactly. See if we or, can pick up on anything extra. Exactly. Yeah. You know? I mean, uh yeah, I, I think there's still great scenes, and this movie's yeah. already two hours and nine minutes. It's already pretty yeah. long. So, you know, it would be hard, but I just wish there were more, like, just you see there's something in the background, or there's a line that, it, during the, you know, during the movie doesn't make sense until you know the end, and then that line has a n- whole new weight to it. And sure. I, at least on this watch, I didn't pick up on much that I was like, oh, now that I know what the final plan was. I know, I know, I know the way the devil was moving. I know the way the tricks were playing. You know, we talk about Lost a lot on this, and there's a lot of big yeah. on Lost that come the long con, right? Yeah. And you watch these long cons play out. You see what the final con is, and then yeah. you can rewatch the episode and see that you and know you see can see the, the, see, the, the, the see the strings being pulled. And there's sure. less of that here besides the the Lonigan, but you know that they're scamming Lonigan, but you don't know they're scamming the cop. Right. Um, so. what's what's the better con, uh, Sawyer and the briefcase or this? Um, I have to think back to what Sawyer and the briefcase was. I, I mean, Sawyer and the briefcase is very fun. This is yeah. much longer of a con. I mean, this is it's you know, this is over good. multiple days. There's a lot of risks being taken. I mean, Lonigan could have found out at any time. Lonigan is so connected, and I do wonder if that's yeah. also I don't know if it's a flaw, but like that Lonigan is is duped so easily by these guys, right? Uh, so, I do love but, that the way he's finally duped, that when he places the big bet that he was, you know, they told him, place. On the phone. Right. Yeah. And, and he, Place so, on, yeah, place on the name. Right. Um, and there is, like, some great plausible deniability there where right. they said place. And, what they, you know, again, this goes best what you said about how yeah. Lonigan doesn't know horse racing. So, you know, exactly. when somebody says place, it doesn't immediately click that place they mean, like, that he's going to place, not that he's going to win. Exactly, exactly. So that's, yeah, yeah that's, um, I, I think that's why it's imperative that it's horse racing, a, mm-hmm. a, a game that he doesn't know. And that's also why it's important that they screw him as badly as they do in a game that he does know in poker. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when when they know that they can't do anything about it because they were both cheating. Mm-hmm. And they're on right. a train. And they're on a train. So what are you going to do? Again, like, I'm not. I'm not quite sure how either of them were, were cheating, especially Gondorf. I know he's playing with the cards early on. I don't really know how he got the cards, but so there was a shot. There was a shot where he cut the deck and put some of them in his lap, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he and had the cards he, on him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He had extra, uh, and so did. Yeah. 
so we got to talk about the, that because the train poker scene, which again, I thought this whole, I didn't realize the scam was going to be the horse racing. I thought it was going to yeah. be a poker scam. Um, that scene though is, I was just like, wow, Paul Newman is so yeah. good in this. He's playing, you know, fake drunk. He cuts his gin with water. So he's not yeah. actually drunk. I thought that was going to be your opening line, honestly, for the podcast was always, always order gin. They yeah. cut it with water. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, this movie has a ton of quotes I wrote down. I wrote down so many I could have started with. Glad to meet you, kid. You're a real horse's ass. I always drink yeah. gin with the mark, kid. He can't tell if you cut it. Don't worry. You can trust me. Uh, they'll probably miss you and hit me, which I wondered if that was going to be foreshadowing. That, that uh, I thought was a um, callback to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh, could be. But that was like an intentional wink at their work together. Mm hmm. On Butch and Sundance. Um, there was also another line I wrote down, which was... I mean, um, the last line of this movie, even, is, is pretty memorable. I'd only blow yeah. it. Um, you know, it's, There's another line that I wrote down that I'm going to save for a later moment in this podcast yeah. that I want to use. I mean, and there's more that I didn't there's, write down. But there's, tons, of, there's, tons of great quotes. You know, they're, they're, they're scouting out Lonigan and they get... And, you know, Redford goes, he doesn't look so tough. And then Newman says, yeah, well, neither do we. <laughs> yeah. And that just really made me chuckle. I was like, yeah. yeah. Lots, lots, <laughs> of great, lots of great quotes in this. But the whole scene with the, yeah. you know, the humor of Newman playing this drunk asshole, this drunk buffoon, getting Lonigan's name wrong over and over again. Yeah, uh, that's right. Ultimately winning, but then thinking that he's, uh, you know, thinking that, like, Lonigan thinking he scammed him, but actually... Uh, you know, actually, Gondorf scammed him. So it's um, and and there was just that that high tension of the poker. I mean, it reminded me a lot of Casino Royale. Um, just really intense poker scene, and uh, and it all takes place on like a train car that's moving yeah, it's high really, speed. It's very fun. We love a train. Yeah, we haven't had trains yet uh, much in a while, so it's good, yeah, to, get, good to get a train back. Yeah. So, um, um, so here's my question because we've been talking a lot about the steps along the way of this con and the intricacy of, you know, making sure this person meets here, this person meets then, we set it up like this. What was the point at which you felt most like this all should have fallen apart? I mean, I just think it's that it should have fallen apart with Lonigan not knowing uh, or Lonigan finding out that, you know, they're that finding out one of these races already happened from one of his other guys. The first uh, one. Yeah. Right. The, just, I mean, like, you know, cause they're reading and it took me a while to figure out exactly what's going on, but they have this, they have the wire tape that they're reading from yeah. and their races that actually happened, which I think is very smart because then you're reading actual play by play. You're not having to right. write it or fake it. Um, and as long and as they're not listening it. to the radio and as long as it's from New York and it's not a national broadcast, you can right. fake it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and I do, I mean, I do love, I love the horse racing because how quick it goes to, right, where yeah. they have the, they have the, uh, what do they call it, the shutout with, yeah. where Lonnie doesn't, he can't make the bet in time because they yeah, started. Yeah, for Narragansett. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love also that it's Narragansett because that's, uh, I've been to Narragansett a bunch. That's also, uh, you know, they drink a bunch of Narragansett uh, beer and Jaws, speaking of Robert Shaw movies. Um, and Narragansett, if you need a place to go to like a cool Atlantic beach, highly recommend Narragansett, Rhode Island. It's really really great uh they also have another race at Havre de grace which is right by where i used to live in maryland when i was in americorps uh gotcha. so you know I, I love the call out of some of the different uh some of the different small horse race venues where where they have these races going on um for sure and um what was the name of the other horse that he had to put the money on I so there was yeah. lucky dan Got it. Um, and there was wrecking crew um so yeah. 
I have a good connection on Wrecking Crew later when we get to connections to previous films, but uh, oh, nice! That really struck out to me. And then Blue uh, Note as well. Um, yeah, was Blue the Note and so. Wrecking Crew. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so Blue Note, uh, I wanted to note that because of course I'm always on my colors here, right? Mm-hmm. We get a lot of blue in this. We get Blue Note. We get yep. we get Hooker blue ordering the Blue Plate special. Mm-hmm. Um, we see sometimes we see blue cards. Sometimes we see red cards. Mm-hmm. Um, we see Hooker bet on red at the beginning of the at the beginning of the movie on the roulette table. Uh, and Robert Shaw has these really blue eyes as well. So yeah. I'm not sure the significance, but definitely a lot of blue showing up in this. And then sometimes red, red at the end when the, with the the blood capsule. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I wonder if on a second watch, maybe like I would notice like the blue is when they're in control and the red is when they're not in control. Not. I can uh, see it. Yeah. Uh, also, they they paint the wall green uh, in the in the um, Western in the Union office. Yeah. office. Yeah. Uh, the Western Union office. That was very fun. I love them coming through the back yeah. and. Um, you know, and, and that uh, they're painting Mr. Harmon's office and, and one of the guys in their crew is pretending to be Mr. Harmon. Yeah. That was all that was like a very fun scam. That's that's, you know, again, like something you see in Ocean's Eleven, I feel. Like. Yeah, that was the part I really thought that um, that always sticks out to me of like, this should not have worked. Mm-hmm. Like that guy should have come back into his office. Right. And this whole thing should have like busted right there. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. But they got they got very lucky that that was that that worked out like right well and that they call the um yeah they called they called the front of the Western Union to and, say hold my calls yeah. yeah um and that they didn't come in there and they're like what are you talking about your painter you know like you're right was, here like yeah. or, or the guy was standing right there too so mm-hmm. it's like you know I'm yeah. right here hold on my own calls. Um, all right, so let's talk about Selena. So Selena yeah. is the she's the waitress at the diner. Right. where hooker gets the blue plate special uh she tried so hooker and her spend the night together he wakes up the next yep. morning and it looks like she's robbed him of everything um right. and then he and goes then to meet left. her yeah right she left but then they go to meet each other and he's still trusting her after she robbed him i don't understand that well i, I thought it was just that she took all her stuff because he, they were she was talking about running away okay and like going to live somewhere else because so he checked his he... wallet and I thought his wallet was empty, but I, it maybe, didn't make maybe sense. I, so that. I, I, I would make more sense that she didn't rob him. I wasn't sure. Right. I thought it was more that she was going to leave town and finally get away from it all and yada yada. So her role is she's Selena. So was she working for Lonigan? Is that why she was like? No, she was working for the Selino family, who is like that this other like crime family in Chicago. Okay, because we get the Selino murder early on in the movie, and but they don't show you who Selino is. Very much, uh, you know, very similar to a movie we did last year, where you're only getting the name, the uh, the breathless name, um, and you don't know who it is. Exactly. Yep. Um, It's very very similar to that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Lots of good connections for this for sure. Oh yeah. Um, I also really like, um, you know, I like how like whimsical the production is of this movie. Mm -hmm. You get a lot of wipes. You get the Joplin, Scott, jo- the, the yeah. Scott Joplin music, yeah, the Chaplin, yeah. the kind of the Chaplin has some of the some of the humor, some of the yeah. You get uh, that chase scene through the alleyways and bridges that ends with the Chaplin like camera zoom in twirl thing. Yes, you get a lot of zoom. Yeah, you get a lot of zooms yeah, like, like that. The, yeah, yeah. I it's think my very, favorite wipe was the mm-hmm. merry-go-round was going, and the merry-go-round yeah. wipes the screen as it goes. Yeah, oh, I yeah that was very it's cool. very cool. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
And I want to say one more thing about Redford as well. Yep. Or sorry about Newman. Uh, just Newman's eye acting in the last scene, um, yep. especially before I realized it was a scam. I thought he he has some shots where he, he looks legit angry. Yeah, where he see, well first he sees relief when Hooker comes in and that yep. Hooker's not hasn't been killed. There's like a look mm. where he he just looks very relieved that Hooker walks in. And then when he see when he thinks the Hooker sold him out, which obviously he didn't, he looks so upset about it and so yep. mad at him. Um, and both That's of right. those, you know, in that last scene. Um, you know, between that and just the intensity of them pulling off that last scam, the the mm. horse race coming to a close. I mean, that it's between that and the poker scene for my favorite scene in this movie. Yeah, um, I think it's definitely the poker scene for me. Um, I really, really love that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think I just think Newman is fantastic in this, and yeah, give him the awards. Yeah. You know, what about uh, so we haven't talked much about the Redford performance. I think he. My my thought on it is that he's a very good straight man in this. You know, he yeah. he's he's very charismatic. You can see why people would trust him. You know, the action that he does when he's being chased through the streets and it's you right. know, kind of like jumping on rooftops. I liked all of that, but I just think this is still Newman's movie more than it's Redford's. I, I think my other issue with it is that he's almost too old for the character he's playing. Because you mm-hmm. would think that because he's basically he's still playing Sundance kid to the older, more experienced Butch Cassidy, but he's five years older than he was in that film, so he's not really a kid. He doesn't look like a kid anymore. Yeah, know? I chalk some of that up to this so, is going on during the Great Depression, I and think so that's fair. you know he's older, but he's probably had some setbacks in life. I mean, all, all oh, of sure. them have, um, and and just that Great Depression backdrop as well just right. provides. Um, you know, we bust out the inflation calculator. We're probably dealing with a lot of money, especially oh, for when the, when the Great yeah. Depression is going on. Especially if he's saying he has, he's willing to put five hundred thousand dollars on the line. For, mm-hmm. Bust out the bust out the calculator and All tell right. me what five hundred thousand dollars. Let's do the inflation. Yeah, good idea. Second week in a row, we're busting out the inflation calculator. Uh, yeah. So this was nineteen thirty six years. But I will say, you know, Robert Redford, I mean, even if I say he looks a little old for this specific part, I think that's also because I'm, like, taken back to the, you know, the young kid sidekick in con movies, mm-hmm. like the one we just watched, you know, with Channing Tatum is nine, you know, so usually the younger sidekick learning from an older mentor is a lot younger. Not Channing and, Tatum, by the way. Then Red T- Tatum O'Neill. What did I say? You said Tatum, Tatum O'Neill. Sorry. I was like, what are you talking about? Channing Tatum. I'm like, Channing Tatum. Uh, Tatum. We just watched. The other Tatum. The more famous Tatum. All um, right. You ready yeah, for the inflation so a, calculator? But I will say Robert Redford looks pretty damn good for the last, you know, 40 years since then. Yeah. You know, and, I mean, he looks and I don't mind him being older in this. I mean, it, it would be a very different movie if this is the 15-year-old kid. Um, you're not seeing a ton of poverty in this movie. And I don't know, right. in 1936, I don't know if the Great Depression it was still, like, the height of the Great Depression at that point right. or not. I think it might be a little bit after. But, right. you know, I would expect to see, like, people who are begging for food. And um, sure. let's see, Great Depression. Everybody's yelling yeah, at their you're, phones. You're saying, brand obviously, the Great Depression, you know, we all know. 19, 1929, 1939. So, yeah, yeah it's still so, I mean, we're, we're heading towards the end of it. I mean, we're a couple years away from the first world, from the Second World War, Um, you know. Yeah, things will things will start are starting to turn around. Yeah, okay. So it says time period 1929-1933 was the Great Depression, and then there was the recession from 37 to 38. So this is kind of, I guess it's a little bit between. Um, right. I guess I wasn't alive then. I couldn't tell you, but yeah. I did do that inflation calculator. So if in 1936 uh-huh. an item cost five hundred thousand dollars, Brendan, you want to take a guess what five hundred thousand dollars is now? Ooh, I'm gonna guess thirteen point three million dollars. 
Oh, you went way higher than I was expecting. Uh, no, almost ten million dollars. Oh, nine point eight four million dollars is. Uh, yes, that's and amazing. So that's yeah, that's quite the inflation there. Wow, that is that is a lot of inflation. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see if there's anything else in my notes. I'm sure we'll have some feedback as well. Um, I do think it's just like this great Chicago movie. Um, yeah, you know, so. even like going to Chicago recently, you know, a couple yep. years ago, like there are still L-line stations that look very similar to the one the hooker is chased out of. Right. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's just fun to see like that era Chicago, um, you know, like prohibition era Chicago. Yep. And, uh, you know, I feel like we're always doing New York and LA movies. And I know it's like, nice I'm trying to, to spend think some time. It's nice yes, to spend we did, some time in the Midwest. Trying to think of other Chicago movies. We did Home Alone, High Fidelity both took place in Chicago. I don't know if there's anything we've done this year that I could think of that took place in Chicago. Um, uh, nothing. Not off the top of my head, but I mean, right. you know. Uh, Stripes might have started in Chicago. Uh, no, that probably. was definitely New York. That was New York? He's a New York, he's a New York cab driver. Mm. At this um, point, Bill Murray is. Meet the well. Parents starts in Chicago. That's also true. Yep. yep. Um. But yeah, we got a little we got a little bit of Chicago. Oh, my best friend's wedding also took place in Chicago. Okay, so we do, yep. yep, we do do some Chicago. Um, all right, uh, any other notes that you want to make sure you touch on before we get to feedback? And I'm sure we'll hit some things in feedback. Um, not specifically. Um, I did I did really like. I think I I said this to you. I really liked the um, alley scene at the beginning, and there's that shot of Redford fighting off the um the attacker to steal mm-hmm. the money. And not he, and the attacker was working with them, obviously. Right, exactly. But he grabs a milk crate and he has this stance exactly like Steve Rogers mm-hmm. in Captain America, the first adventure. And I was like, oh, Robert Redford is the first Captain America. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, no, that, that was great, uh, especially considering was, Robert Redford will show up in Captain in America Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. Yeah, yep. exactly. That's why I thought that was really funny. Yeah, that, um, that's fine. That's um, I, I was a little worried during that scene because they do call Luther the N-word multiple times. Yeah, uh, in and that it, does, scene. it does get said many times. We should acknowledge yeah. that. I mean, you know, it's both the part of the time the movie was set in, but also, you know, it was also used a lot more in that era of filmmaking as well. And it's a period piece, but mm. that doesn't necessarily make it right. But, right, you know, no. Well, and it, it, it does make the guy, I mean, it makes you really hate this guy who attacks really, It makes them. you really hate Alvin Pete, yeah. And then when you find out the guy was, and I don't know which guy it was, you I mean, was that uh, was that the uh, the Erie kid who, because the Erie kid was the cab driver, right. not the mugger, is that correct? Right, no, there was a mugger guy that they- And that's uh, somebody else. Yeah, it's somebody else. Yeah. All right. My other question, Robert Earl Jones, is he related to James Earl Jones? Uh, not that I could find, but it's possible. I, yeah, I did look on Letterboxd, but it, there's not an extensive biography. Um, it looks like he's his father. It, oh, so, I did not realize that. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I, I also want to shout out the ticker tape reader, Ray Wallstone, mm-hmm. who is like a big that guy from 50s, 60s and 70s cinema. Um, he's he's a really well-known character actor. Um, it was really fun to see him pop up, and he has such a great voice for the um, for the, the um, yeah for the for the voice announcer. Um, yeah. Most most well-known modern audiences for being um, in Fast Times at Ridgemont High mm. um, as the uh, professor. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, yeah, he's I, he's the. Um, uh, <laughs> have enough to eat spicoli or whatever that exactly yeah yeah he's okay. the, yeah That's or fine. whatever you call it yeah in in fast times 
but he's he's really really good um i i it was nice to see him in this mm-hmm. um other than that and yeah as i said uh charles turning i really love it it's i so love funny. i love that uh speaking of uh some of the people in this you know we obviously this movie has robert shaw in it and that yeah. they use shaw as one as of the name. as one of the aliases i thought was just a really fun touch uh, sure. I was just like, I was like the Leo Jeff, you know, pointing at my TV every time he called yeah. himself Shaw. I was like, hey, that his name's Shaw, too. Right. So. And their uh, Kid Twist is played by an actor named Her- uh, Harold Gould. Mm-hmm. But I, it, it looks like that's just a stage name and there's no relation to Elliot Gould oh, that I can find. Yeah. But I was hoping there would be, but I, I did mm-hmm. not find any relationship to Elliot Gould. All right. Well, let's see what we got for feedback and scores. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we can we can get into uh, anything the feedback spurs for us. And then we'll get into our connections. So. Uh, all right, start with Jeff. As always, he says, second viewer viewing for me, and it was just as good on the rewatch. The chapters build to the sting, and it's great. Definitely Ocean's Eleven or Italian Job before it's time. Acting is really good, and I love the musical score. Jeff gives it a 4.5. So another nice. high score for Jeff, which I think last week I said that he hadn't given a high score to uh, to what What's Up Doc. He did. I was just incorrect. I didn't have the scores <laughs> in front of me. No worries. Uh, so Megan the Librarian says that I have – seen the sting a couple of times but i don't remember much about it i don't have a review except that i it's not memorable so she did <laughs> right. not provide a score this week but i wanted yeah. to make sure i included that little note she sent us about the sting from her, her. um that's that's all i've got for uh for that for she did not provide a score um well brennan this was the second time you've seen it so do you think this was not memorable as well for you um i can certainly understand if you're not into the style and the Redford and Newman performances, how you would find it not memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's pretty memorable just from the con aspect of it. But at, at the same time, I did say at the top of this that there were specific things I did not remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I always kind of forget that it's Robert Shaw as well. Yeah, and I think guy. it's like, that old time, like the old timey feel of it. I could see what would make it memorable. I mean, interestingly enough, we asked Mac for a review mm-hmm. uh, right before, and he said it's been too long. I, I just don't remember it well enough to give it a score. Right. So it might be a common thing that this movie, just for whatever reason, like doesn't stick with people. It's also, you know, it's such again, that might be a uh, you might chalk that up a little bit to not seeing the strings as you're going. Instead, you're just right. being told at the end this was what this was what the scam was, but you don't actually see how it plays out. I think that's so. fair. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then uh, last score for this week is from Olin. Uh, of course, Olin is an Irishman who doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, <laughs> and doesn't chase dames. That was the other quote that I wrote down that I was like, I got to read that right before I read Olin's review. Uh, and Olin says, I usually love period pieces set in pre-World War II era, but this film didn't quite hit home for me. Had a nice look. Great to see Eileen Brennan again. Mm-hmm. And some of the sidekicks uh, heavies really looked the part. However, nothing jumped out and grabbed me. Newman and Redford didn't engage me and very much distracted by Shaw's Northern Irish accent, which seemed to come and go. Uh, nicely structured, but underwhelming a bit, uh, underwhelming and a bit slow. Also, if you've probably done the inflation calculator, we did, uh, but it was just a little over $9.8 million that Shaw's carried around with him. There you go. Rating 2.5. And uh, he continues, surprised I originally went with went that high as I was extremely bored 20 years ago first time I watched it. It's passable yeah. now, but I will stick with that rating. So. Wow, tough. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I will say that I did write down about an hour and 40 minutes in that I was like, this needs to wrap up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I agree that like the pacing 
can be a little slow. Like, I, I mean, I definitely did check my watch around the hour and 40 minutes so or so. It took me a long time to get through this, but also because like, I kept pausing and redoing stuff. Yeah. So. But I also did find, um, you know, I did, because I, I think that they're truly captivating actors. I was captivated by, enough by Robert Redford, Robert Shaw, and Paul Newman that it helped to keep me engaged. Really good big three. And Eileen Brennan, yeah, we, we of course, had her in Clue yeah. um, earlier. Yep. And I think this is Peacock. And she's well. instantly recognizable. I mean, she yeah. still has younger. the voice. Younger. And uh, yeah, I mean, younger, but still recognizable. Yeah, and um, we did see her in Private Benjamin earlier this year yeah. as well. Also, so. yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I do agree. I think it is long. I think I would cut everything with the Salino stuff because it really doesn't okay. matter. Um, right. And you, I mean, fair. you know, maybe you keep some of it, but you don't need the love story in there. Right. Um, you and you have I mean, you have Hooker who has, you know, he breaks up with the or his girlfriend breaks up with him because he loses all the money early in the movie. Um, and I'll just go right into my review, I guess. Uh, go for it. You know, I think I think, yeah, I, I, I still really like this. I'm, I'm definitely higher than all in. Um, and I think it's more memorable, at least. 24 hours later uh than than megan says i was thinking i would be as high as jeff i was thinking 4.5 going in i think i'm gonna go to a four though um just because as we've talked through some of the stuff i do wish we would have seen a little bit i would have rather they spent the time showing us teases to what was going on Mm -hmm. instead of building up some of these things that didn't ultimately pay off um and i also wish that we got paul newman's character in the first act or in the i guess not the first act but the first chapter um it's it's he has a very memorable introduction when he's you know he's hung over in the bathtub and he has the big block of ice i mean that stuff's all very fun i just wish we would have gotten i don't know a story about him in the first chapter something something a little bit more memorable so that when he shows up you have some backstory a little bit more backstory than what i remembered um but yeah overall as before i i am very very much like this i, I would definitely rewatch it again uh and ask me in a year how memorable it was because i know some of the movies a year later are not as memorable but um mm-hmm. yeah i think it's uh, very fun. I like that. I liked it a lot. I, I think this movie, like you said, another, you know, is a lot of fun. Um, I think it, there are a lot of parts of it that hold up, especially the, the setting and the, and the music, the soundtrack, the um, performances. But I do think the story drags a little. I do agree with you that there are parts of it that could have been better breadcrumbed out um, and, done a tightened up a little better to make the relationship between redford and newman a little more solid even if that was part of the con um for me i'm a little lower than you i think i'm a little closer to our listener average which came out to a 3.5 and i i think i'm gonna agree with the listeners and go with 3.5 as well um but i still really like this movie i mean that's above average Um, right and that's going to give us a 3.6 or a 3.5 for Letterboxd. Uh, and we didn't get an email in from Jim Crumley in the last two minutes because we I know not, sometimes he I sends looking. his emails right when we're recording. I was looking. I was looking. Yeah. So what does that give us a total average of? 3.5 or 3.66 score. All right. Our scoreboard. I was going to say, if we were close between scores, yeah. I, I could bump up to a 4.25, but uh, I'm going right. to four point oh with a 4 then. Right. All right. Uh so, of course, connections. So last week we talked about Paper Moon. Um, we haven't talked about a lot of connections to Paper Moon. Obviously, both movies are uh, about con couple, con couples, I guess we could say. Yep. In, a con man in and a young era. protege. Yeah, yeah. depression yeah. era. Um, yep. con, con people living in hotel rooms and back hotel rooms. Yeah, um, hotels too. Yeah. I think the, uh, the Eileen Brennan character definitely you could match on to the um, – The Madeline Kahn. The Madeline Kahn character yeah, in Con uh, Paper Moon for sure. Which is interesting because they both end up going on to be in Clue together. 
Absolutely. Of course. So uh, the other big connection is they both, The Sting and uh, Paper Moon came out in 1973. Also true. Yep. So and it's I think interesting they the, both use, uh, they, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's interesting they both came out the same year. So this was, this came out on Christmas 1973 for The Sting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paper Moon, I, I'm assuming, came out earlier in the year. But it's interesting this is a Christmas release, too. I didn't realize that. Uh-uh. Uh, would you go see this movie on Christmas? Like, I know, like, a lot of people no. like to go to the movies for Christmas. This wouldn't be one? No. Paper well, Moon came out in uh, May of uh, 1973. So. I don't know if it's going to come up later in Connections, but, I mean, this movie did remind me a lot of another Christmas movie that came out a while back. Um, also centering around a group of con artists tried to get one over on a sleazy bad guy, and that's American Hustle. Ah, Yes. Uh, um, good point. Yep. Also, a that was movie. also a Christmas movie. That's also good. Also a Christmas release. Yeah. So for title connection, I was thinking, um, and if I, there's my notes. Uh, 1973 cons in the depression. I was, I was thinking. thinking about Midwest Midwest 30s con caper. Ha. Huh. How about because Midwest? Because also both take place in the Midwest. Right. right. Yeah. That's, that's and good. we never shout out the Midwest. So. No, that's true. That's. Uh, how about 19? I think we have 1973 in there. 1973 cons in the depression Midwest. Or not even say the Depression, but in the mid- 1930s, mid- mid- Midwest the, 1930s. Yeah. I guess because the Depression isn't like a huge. Right, yeah, the Depression isn't a huge thing. So I would say, yeah. 1973 cons in the 1930s Midwest. I like that. Yeah, I like that. There you um, go. All right, well, that takes us to other connections from this year. Uh, other 1973 year movies. It's a big year for us, apparently, because Paper Moon, obviously. Uh, Long Goodbye, also 1973. And Mean Streets in 1973. So... Do you think 19? I, I would have to look back through our history, but I cannot think of any year that we've had that many movies from the same year that mm. we've talked about. I feel like we've had a lot in the same year in the 80s, maybe last year, but not this year. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, that would take some research. Maybe I'll do that before next week. Uh, yeah, that could be. Uh, what do you think? Uh, 1973 movies. What do you think? There's any other 1973 movies we'll hit on this podcast? Um, you had to guess. Question. Not that. I don't know. Um, not that I can think of off the top so of my head. So there's one that's come know. up a bunch. It's a blind spot for me that I do think we'll end okay. up getting to. And that's the number one movie on Letterboxd from 1973. That's The Exorcist. Nice. So I could see us getting to The Exorcist at some point. Um, also, maybe Enter the Dragon could yep. be one that comes up. Um, and I, mean, I don't know. There's some others. You know, Soylent Green was that year. Serpico, Robin Hood, all of those have Serpico come up Serpico has before. come up on the podcast before. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a oh, Friends of Eddie Coyle also. That's definitely come up on this podcast. That definitely so. has. Um, saw that for my personal uh, Criterion Challenge earlier this yeah. year. Like so, um, yeah. Well, without doing, maybe I'll do some more research. But uh, I don't. I don't know if there's any year that matches up to 1973 that we've oh. done a that we've done on the podcast yet. So, uh, all right. Let's see other connections. What else? Do you have anything else written down? Uh, connections year? to things from this year. Um, not too much. Um. So we have uh, the drunk, you know, the drunk character or the fake drunk character. That's like Jack. True. Um, we had uh, the quote unquote, the big. So in this, we had the big con. We also did the big Lebowski. We did mm. the big sleep. Um, yep. And, you know, the where's the money as well. You know, right out of the big Lebowski. So yep. I feel like there was a movie where we had uh, somebody pretending to be a high ranking officer. I don't know if that was Stripes, maybe. Or um, Private Benjamin that happened. It might have um, been a mash it happened during as well. the private Benjamin it happened during the war games 
Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, definitely happened during that, and could have probably happened in uh, MASH as well. Yeah. And then, uh, finally, the illustrated credits, especially to open the movie. I think What's Up Doc mm. had illustrated credits like that as well. Yep. Um, and then we talked about Eileen Brennan was in uh, Private Benjamin. I think that's the only cast connection from this movie for this year. Um, um, that I've noticed right year. off the bat, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else that you have from this year's uh, movies? Uh, not right off the top of my head, but I'm sure listeners will remind us yeah. of things we forgot. Right. Uh, I said Jack. I, I said. Uh, um, I, I said uh, the uh, the the drug character was like Jack. I didn't really say which Jack I was talking um, about. I, I assumed you meant the way way back. Uh, the, um, just the single way back. Yes. Or yeah. The, the way sorry, I back. always call it the way way back. It's the yeah. way back. Yep. Um, and then also the. Uh, there was um so the relationship between uh John Wayne's character and Jimmy Stewart's character you could map onto the protege looking out for him relationship of um you know Redford and Newman in this movie right. I think when you could have and like it's a trying to it's also a revenge mm-hmm. it's sort of a revenge mission like that they end up going on because jo- um instead of a con Jimmy Stewart wants John Wayne to train him how to shoot. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's sort of it's a little different, but I mean, you can you can map it on. Yeah. To and I, I do think I mean, you could even map on the like, you know, the protege mentor to be like a father and son type thing. But I don't think it quite, you know, it doesn't fit our father and son's theme, doesn't fit our wedding theme. But, you know, it's close. Right. So fair enough. All right. And what's your movie map? Uh, So there are a couple of obvious ones Uh, before we get to the big one that I think you and I both have in mind. The one I mentioned earlier that I teased is the horse called Wrecking Crew. Um, if you recall, there was a movie that Sharon Tate starred in in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that she goes to see oh, yeah. at the movie theater. And oh, that nice. movie is the Dean Martin movie, The Wrecking Crew. Mm-hmm. So I saw that and I heard the name Wrecking Crew and I was like, oh my God. So I wrote that down. Yeah. But um, the obvious big one is Dick Tracy. Between yep. the wipes and the fake backdrops and the bright colors and the 1930s style setting and the pinstripe suits and the gangsters and the cops and the double crosses and the, you know, lips, uh, lips manly and the breathless Mahoney of it all. And exactly. Especially it, with the yeah. Salino character as well. Exactly. Yeah. So it's very and yeah. With getting, you know, people getting shot at the end and yeah, it's very Dick Tracy. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Um, so I think that Dick Tracy was the main one that came up for me. Yeah. Uh, but we did do, you know, two movies about con men, uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and Brothers Bloom. And the connection between both of them was con men. Uh, yeah. So I think B- Brothers Bloom is another really good choice. Clue as well between the cast connection, the FBI busting it at the end, that the whole exactly. thing is a con. Um, I think that that would be a really good connection as well. Uh, Brothers Bloom also ends in a death that may or may that at first you think is fake, but it turns right. out to be real, right? Yeah. Spoilers yeah. for Brothers Bloom. Yeah, I do think in Brothers Bloom um, does more of what I'm talking about that I wanted, yeah. where you're getting the teases sure. throughout, and you yeah. can actually put Fair the pieces enough. together a little bit. Um, oh, okay. one thing I didn't mention too, uh, Robert Redford, young Robert Redford in this movie, reminded me so much of Brad Pitt. I was getting. Oh. I was okay. like, oh, did, in the 1990s, were people calling young Brad Pitt young Robert Redford? Because they, they look and act yeah. very similar to each mm. other. Um, to the point that I'm like a little bummed there's never been a movie with Robert Redford and Brad Pitt together. Or at least well, I'm saying that. I, I don't know if they actually. 
I don't he think there's anything direct. He... Didn't he direct a river runs through it, which Brad Pitt starred in? Oh, he might have. Um... I think Redford directed a river runs through it, which Brad okay. Pitt starred in. But um, other than that, yeah, I mean, they. I think that if you wanted to look at who Brad Pitt's Paul Newman is, it's Clooney. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, because like, the, yeah. and before we get to our suggestions for next week, I, the, I think a very obvious, especially between the Brad Pitt and the kind yes. of like the caper, the way it all plays out is Ocean's Eleven. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see if we get to that. But uh, yeah, I just thought I, I just thought there was some serious Brad Pitt and, uh, that I saw in Robert Redford and it was uh, very cool to see. So um, Legends of the Fall. I don't know if he was ever in yeah. Legends of the Fall. Just looking through. Oh, they were in Spy Game together, actually. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, Where he's teaching him to be a spy. Yeah. Um, I might be adding that to my list. I don't know if it's a good yeah. enough connection. Let's, let's uh, see. We'll see. Uh, all right. Um, so, again, our title connection, 1973, Conman in the 1930s Midwest. And our total uh, average for everybody was 3.5 between them and us. Sounds good to me. All right, so let's get on to our suggestions section where we pick our ladder rung for next week. See what movie we're going to be watching. Uh, once we do pick that movie, email us themovieladder at gmail.com with your score and next movie suggestion. And, of course, uh, tweet at us at Ladder Movie as well. Uh, this will be our 30, what is it going to be, 38th movie next week. Or 30th of this week of this month. That 30th movie of this year, that would be it. So uh, 30th movie last year was Happy Death Day. So, yeah. Uh, all yeah, right. We started Halloween early last year. That's weird. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's yeah, we did Happy Death Day, Harold the Mog, Beetlejuice, The Fly, The Birds. So we were, yeah, we went through mm-hmm. it uh, over a couple we of years, a couple months. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh, well, we start with our listener suggestions and kick things off with Jeff. Uh, first one, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Thieves, and also Newman and Redford, as well mm-hmm. as the director of The Sting, uh, George Roy Hill, did yep. both movies as well. So Butch Cassidy, of course, that is the obvious connection. Uh, newer one from Jeff, The Italian Job. Uh, the newer, oh, he put the newer one. Yeah, I thought he meant a newer movie, but he meant the newer version of The Italian Job. Yep. Uh, and we did talk about George Clooney on this podcast. So, is he in uh, that? Isn't he the main guy in the George Italian Clooney's job? not in The Italian Job. Oh, Matt Damon and... It's uh, Mark Wahlberg and a bunch of people. I'm way off. Yeah, I think you're Samsonite. Yeah, exactly. Off. Yeah. All right. Well, just ignore all of that. Uh, next one, another mo- Newman movie, or sorry, another Redford movie. Uh, that would be Three, Do- Three Days. I don't know what is going on. I can't, words <laughs> are not working. Three Days of the Condor was the Redford movie that yes, Jeff suggested. Yes, that would also be 70s. Uh, that'd be a good 70s one. Bart yeah. Scott for me. Never seen that one. Three Days of the Condor is different than there's like a jackal, like Day of the Jackal or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that is right? very different than the Day of the Jackal. Yeah, okay. And uh, then finally, Slapshot. So a Newman and a Redford movie. So Slapshot for Sports. Paul Newman. I think Slapshot was the same director as well as... Uh, I believe it was, yeah. Staying in Butch Cassidy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, and then G- Jeff's wife, Jean, makes an appearance in the suggestion section. And she's suggesting How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days for Marvin Hamlish. Uh, he was in that He was in that movie and he wrote the music for The Sting. So, there you go. Um, that's fun. Uh, I think How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is a Chicago movie as well. Is it? Um, yeah, oh. I will say I hated How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days when I saw it when I was in college. I would be very interested to revisit it now, especially with yeah. the reconnaissance and see kind of what we think of it. Um, there is a there is a scam going on in that movie. There is um, a scam. It, it actually, have you seen it or not? I have. I love that oh, movie. Okay. I yeah. think it's good. 
I think it's really well done. I think it's one of the better rom-coms of its era. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so that, really could, that could be fun. I think that there could be some very fun connections with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Megan, the librarian. So the obvious connection is obvious, but you could do Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, I also feel like the ending to Mickey Blue Eyes is really similar to The Sting. I love Mickey Blue Eyes. Have you seen Mickey Blue Eyes? I have, and I okay. don't remember the ending. But uh, I don't. I I only do because of her email. Uh, I didn't and, until uh, I read that. Um, that one's that one's starring James Con. Yes, the big con. Con a con with a con. Yeah, and uh, of course uh, that is that is Hugh Grant in a rom com where he's has to uh, he has to pretend to be in the mafia. I think. Um, yep. Yeah, very fun. Uh, we talked about the we talked about the Godfather already on this, so get James Con in there. Um, next one is the uh, way we were because it came out in the same year. Oh, look at Megan trying to get us to stay in 1973. Yep. Uh, it was at the Oscars that year. At the Oscars that year, Bar- Robert Redford was nominated for Best Actor for The Sting. Barbara Streisand nominated for Best Actress for The Way We Were. Yep. Uh, and uh, I think yep. there was a. Ca- I do think I saw there was somebody who was in both movies as well. Yeah, it's Redford. Oh, Redford's in both. Yeah, okay. Redford was not nominated for The Way We Were, but he was nominated ah. for The for The Sting. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Okay, cool. All right. And uh, then uh, Olin suggests from 1978, the cheap detective. Eileen Brennan plays the love interest of the lead character in a pre-World War II period piece. Of course, I may also be looking to push Madeline Kahn into the six-timers club. (laughs) Very nice, Olin. Uh, Next one, The Gambler from 1980. Harold Gould, who was the kid twist in The Sting, in another film focused around gambling. Kenny Rogers of The Roasters fame stars. Wow. Uh, Did he write The Gambler Gambler for that movie? Uh, The movie was written for the song, I believe. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Kenny Rogers came out with the song, and then they were like, we can make this into a movie. Yeah. All right. And then uh, Olin's next one, The Sting 2 from 1983. Says, I have a feeling I would have been happy to only see this film, Sting Two. I've only seen the Sting. I've only seen the Sting. So I wonder, do you think the Sting Two <laughs> is them running a con? I'm, I don't think they're. I have no idea. I don't it. want to know anything about it. But, but you, know. you want to know? From, I'm assuming Redford and Newman aren't in it. I'm not uh, they are not in it. Okay. Um, there might be some of the minor characters in it, but I do not believe any of the top three returns for this one. Would you watch a Sting Netflix series? No. No. I think it could be good. I mean, they would they would have to show more of the of what they're. They would definitely have to show more. But they could. I mean, it's very easy. I mean, it's already set up in those chapters. It could be very easily set up in in episodes, six in episodes. episodes. That's also yeah. true. It's also true. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, and then uh, so Mac sent in his. He didn't have a, his rating, but he did send in some suggestions, and he said Butch Cassidy or Slapshot. He said, which I'm sure you both have down already. We do. Mm-hmm. And so then he suggested Cool Hand Luke. Uh, I believe the connection is Paul Newman, but I don't know. Is there some? Is there some hustling? Oh, it's Paul some, Newman. It's just big Paul Newman. Yep. Just big Paul Newman. Okay. I've never seen Cool Hand Luke before, so um, I have a lot of. I think I have a lot of Paul Newman blind spots. Yeah. So I mean, cars, obviously. Obviously, all of the cars. All right. Uh, well, let's. I guess I get to go first this week. You get to go right. first this week. I have a bunch written down, and I have only seen one, two of the movies on my list, and I'm uh, nice. not sure. If, how many of them I'm going to do. So I'm going to do Spy Game because I just brought it up. I, I really like that, that Brad Pitt's in it with with Robert Redford because they remind me so much of each other. So it's cool to see there's yeah. like a mentoring Robert Redford, Brad Pitt movie. Yeah. Um, so I think that could be that could be a good one. Uh, next one is the movie I always convinced the, confuse the sting with. It is another Paul Newman movie uh, where he does play somebody trying to cheat somebody. That is The Hustler. 
So nice. never seen that, but I always confuse the Sting and the Hustler. Why not see them back to back? And then I don't have to confuse them anymore. There you uh, go. There's a very obvious connection. We're going to get Tom Cruise into the Six Timers Club next uh, in a couple weeks. Maybe. Next one, I'm going to go with uh, the Robert Redford's final movie before he retired, before he was in one of the Avengers movies. That is Old Man and the Gun, David Lowry, yeah. who just did The Green Knight as well. Um, never saw Old Man and the Gun. I've heard it's very good. So I'm going to go with that one. It's in Texas, which is great. It's oh, a nice change of scenery for us. Oh, yeah. Get out of Chicago. Um, I have so many. I can't, it's hard to pick which ones I'm going to leave off, but I'm going to go with The Natural as well. Uh, another blind nice. spot for me. Uh, so far, all of these are blind spots. Uh, 1930s character played by Robert Redford. I think that's a pretty uh, good connection as we're heading towards baseball playoffs. We can watch a baseball movie. Mm-hmm. And I'll go with one more. I'm going to go five this Ooh. week just because we're a little light I on the suggestions. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'm just going to go with The Prestige because I love it. It's kind of like the magic version of this where we're see- you're seeing two people try to scam each other. Uh, two yep. really great actors play off of each other. One of my favorite Christopher Nolan movies has come up a bunch. Uh, might be a blind spot for a few of our listeners as well. And um, huge fan of The Prestige. So I'll do that. And then I have three on my also rands, which I will see if you take. Nice. Um, so I have several movies written down, and then I also have a lot of also rants as well. Um, so there is one movie I'm shocked didn't come up, but it's a movie you and I have watched, um, maybe even watched multiple times together, but I know that you eventually, after me saying I'm not going to watch that movie, you made me sit down and watch Inception, which is basically (laughs) about a group of con artists trying to get information from a gangster. Um, I'm shocked it didn't come up on your list. I... Yeah, I thought about it, I, you know, the whole plan um, coming together and like all yeah. the different people playing different roles. Uh, I just exactly. thought I, when I got when I put the prestige on my list, I just thought it was a better connection. Yeah. Uh, um, I so I thought it was con artists filling multiple roles. Um, and I don't even know if you could really call them con artists, but um, it thieves. Really. Yeah. Um, next one, uh, 1930s gangsters movie set in Chicago. Obviously, The Untouchables. Um, would be a good connection to this. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that one. Um, yep. I mean, obviously a very famous ending as well in The Untouchables. So. Absolutely. Um, so I had The Hustle written down, so obviously I won't go with it. Um, there is a movie coming out this week, or it may already be out, starring Oscar Isaac called The Card Counter. That was um, one of my also rants. I've yep. heard really good things about this movie. I yep. want to throw it out there. I plan on going to see it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, East, Street, East Street Cinema has now reopened downtown so i plan on going there um and i'm gonna go see it anyway and then for um sorry for a another 19 actually you know what i'm not gonna go with that one um we talked a lot about oceans 11 and the connections between this and oceans 11 but i think it would be fun to actually do the original 1963 oceans 11 if we want to connect we go back 10 years in time. Exactly. And see. Yep. And then for my final one, I'm going to throw in uh, another Robert Redford 1970s blind spot for me. And that's going to be his political thriller, The Candidate, Mm. which I have never seen um, in his long 70s blind spot list. Never seen that either. So there we go. Those are my five. Yep. And so then, I also had the card the card counter on my list. I just yep. I didn't want to 
but I didn't want to have to make people go to movie theaters, so that's Fair why I put it on my list. Spoiler, I'm not going to take I mean, it's a great connection. I'm glad it's on well, there. I wanted to I'm mention it. it. You know, yeah, so that we it's a great it. connection, um, and it's really cool that it just came out. I also want to see it, and if it was streaming yeah. somewhere, I would uh, I would think about picking it. Yeah. Um, I also had Logan Lucky on my list, which Logan Lucky yeah. has come up a ton on this podcast, but it's about uh, crime around horse, ga- horse racing. I don't know much yeah. else. Uh, I don't um, even know if it's horse racing. It might be auto racing. Um, yeah. I, um, Guys and Dolls also is a musical, and mm. the car, there's a con around horse racing, um, and trying to run a, an illegal craps game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Rounders, um, yeah, which I, I had rounders. in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Molly's Game was an also ran for me. Oh yeah, Molly's Game is great. Love it. Card game. Um, All the President's Men for Ro- yep. Redford and a conspiracy. Yep. Um, Music Man for a con man who comes to town and tries to swindle everybody in town. Mm. Um, so music man, but there's not and really another, another movie that's referenced in, um, in Curb mm-hmm. Enthusiasm, Officer yep. Krupke. Krupke. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then you brought it up earlier, but I also had American Hustle on my list. Um, yeah. period peace con movie. Um, I really liked it when I saw it. I, I have not seen I it since too. it was in theaters, yeah. uh, in Christmas in 2014, I think. So. And catch me if you can. I mean, it's yeah. going to come up every time we do a con movie, you know, because I, mean, I freaking love that I movie. I would never have said no to Hanks. So. Yeah, exactly. But, it's but not I, do like, I do like looking at our list. Um, it's mm. almost all movies that are new for me um, outside of Prestige, Inception, The Untouchables, and yeah. some of the uh, – Butch Cassidy, Mickey Blue yeah. Eyes. Okay. So actually, it's, 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 but it's a pretty good split of movies that are it's new for me, so I'm excited for that. Uh, why don't you read off all the movies that we got from yeah, Let's take it from the top. So we have Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, The Italian Job, the newer one, uh, Three Days of the Condor, Slapshot, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, Butch and Sundance Again, Mickey Blue Eyes, The Way We Were, The Cheap Detective, The Gambler, The Sting 2, uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid for a third time, Slapshot and Cool Hand Luke, Spy Game, The Hustler, Old Man and the Gun, The Natural, The Prestige, Inception, Untouchables, The Card Counter, Ocean's Eleven, The Candidate. All right. You get to go first, my friend. Um, and I said Ocean's Eleven came out in 1963. That was a lie. It came out in 1960, by the way. My bad. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so I get to go first. I'm going to take from your list. And I actually really like the idea of doing Sky Game. Nice. I think that would be really fun. Um, so, yeah. Redford, Brad Pitt. Um, it would be a very different one for us. Mm-hmm. And it would be nice to jump back to something... Even though, you know, still 30 years ago, but slightly more modern than the early 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it would be I think it would be fun to do Sky Games. So and that's... I mean, we just talked about Interview with a Vampire, so we'd get some more Brad yep. Pitt. We'd get a better Brad Pitt movie than I think we would I definitely would, get. I would Brad, imagine Brad. it's a better Brad Pitt movie, uh, and it would only be the second Brad Pitt movie we've done on this podcast. Oops. Amazingly, yeah. He'd be working his way up that five timers list. There you go. All right. Um, cool. I'm glad you picked this. I mean, I would have been really happy with any of my my picks because they're all. Yeah. Except if I hadn't the, seen the old man and the gun, that would have been the obvious choice. Mm-hmm. But I saw that, the old man you, and the gun. Uh, how does that compare? I'm assuming it's not as weird as the Green Knight. Um, um I really loved it. Um, it's basically about him as an aging con artist that, it, and bank robber who's trying to do like one mer- more job so that he can retire, mm-hmm. and he falls in love with and with Sissy Basic, who's mm-hmm. a waitress in the small town that he's hiding. Oh wow, out that's in. a great connection to this. It's uh, really really good. Yeah. 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 Um, David Lowry, I, I was not a huge fan of The Green Knight, but I think David Lowry is a great filmmaker. Um, huge fan of the of Ghost Story, if you've never mm. seen it, or a Ghost Story. Really big fan of that. Mm-hmm. 
All right, my turn. Uh, let's see. Uh, so I already said I'm not picking card counter because, uh, but I, I'm sure it's grid. Um, Inception, I love Inception. I just don't think there's a connection for it. Touchables, I was thinking it's interesting we didn't get any Al Capone in this since it is that era. Um, I think it's, um, I think the, the gangster that pretends to be the FBI agent is supposed to be an Al Capone stand-in. Interesting. I, well, I don't know because I would think, think that he's, he's not given you're never given his real name yeah but people would know who he yeah. is I would think True. uh what's the candidate about besides having Robert Redford in it um politics he's a politician running for oh, U.S. Senate con. yeah um oh U.S. Senate okay he, he's running for U.S. Senate in the candidate are you sure I believe he's running for the U.S. Senate yes all right if he's running for U.S. Senate I will do it uh if not I'm doing the untouchables and I don't. I just no watched all the Oceans. The I, just Oceans don't, I don't want to watch uh, original Oceans Eleven. I just I just watched all the Oceans movie recently. Fair enough. Um, let's see the candidate, nineteen seventy-two, uh, U.S. Senate from California, not from Florida, yep. but that works. Yes. All right, the candidate it is. It's new for both Ooh. of us. Um, that's it that's is a blind spot for me. Yep. Never yep. Blind spot for me as well. So it looks like the only one of our listeners who's seen it is Megan the Librarian. So. All right. Um, and you get to pick from the listener list. And I am going to go with another Redford Blind Scott, and I'm going to go with Three Days of the Condor. Oh, nice. Another 70s. Can't yep. get out of the 70s. All right. Three days. Uh, all right. And for me, I was trying to pull up Three Days of the Condor. Just so I have it. Oh, Sydney Pollock. All right. You have a good set of good set of connections. Um. I mean, Mickey we, Blue Eyes, I, I, I really like the idea of I mean, that. Everybody wants us to do Butch and Sundance. I mean, you yeah, and I have I seen it multiple just, times. I, I love it. I watched Butch Cassidy. I liked it. I don't, I mean, it's fine. I don't, I don't know if I have enough to say about it. I'm sure I would on a second watch. Um, mm. And Newman and Redford, it'd be nice to see them interact a little bit more than they do in this movie. Um, I'm going to go off the board. I'm going to go How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I just think oh. I, mean, I would like to revisit that. I'm sure we wanted up picking that anyways. Um, but, you know, we've got a con. We're getting a little bit more. You know, closer to closer to present day, although not really. I guess it's like 20 right. years old. Um, could get a fun guest for that as well, since this is a rom com. Uh, you know, we haven't done any rom coms in a while. Um, well, I guess what's up, Doctor? Right. Sort of a rom com, yeah. but you know, not not like a rom com like that since right. Crazy Rich Asians. So, um, I think that could be fun. So. Um, what I will say is that I feel like Spy Game and Three Days of Condor are in a piece with each other mm-hmm. because they're both spy movies mm-hmm. starring Robert Redford. Mm-hmm. So I think they have a lot of kinship, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if we chose one, if it would automatically eliminate us ever doing the other. Mm, I don't think but, so. Um, but I mean, at least that does give us something the following week, if we went with the earlier one first and mm-hmm. went with Three Days of the Condor. Yeah, if we want to just or, stick with Robert Redford. It's interesting that we didn't go with any Paul Newman, considering yeah. uh, we both really liked Paul Newman, or at least I really like Paul Newman. Yeah, um, I, did too. I mean, like, The Hustler would have been great, um, but didn't really feel like going back to it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... All right, well, I just took a look, and uh, this is what we've got okay. for... Uh, streamability so unstreamable is the candidate i mean you can watch it you can rent it on oh, amazon you get it from your library uh but right. it's not on any other platforms it is only 199 on amazon so it's at least a cheap rental this week nice. if you did the candidate or library's free just check the disc for scratches uh spy game okay. and how to lose a guy in 10 days both on peacock um nice. 
So Peacock Premium, there's going to be some ads, so you might still want to rent it if we picked either mm. of those. And Three Days of the Condors on HBO Max. So, um, and regular HBO. For some reason, regular HBO still comes up. So, um, that's where we are. Uh, Spy Game's got some interesting people in the cast. Um, yeah. Looking at that. Um, and have you yeah. seen Spy Game? I can't remember. Um, no, I don't believe I've ever actually seen Spy Game. All right. So the only one that we've seen is How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. We both have All seen right. that. So. Your 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 uh, second to Redford in the candidate is Peter Boyle, mm-hmm. who is connected to Young Frankenstein for us. Mm-hmm. Um, not recognizing a lot of the other names in it. Uh, Michael Lernan, Lerner um, is a name I recognize in that cast, but um, a lot of unknowns in there. Um, I mean, I do feel like if we're going to go Spy Game, we probably should go Three Days of the Condor because it seems like this is basically the first. Like, Three Days of the Condor is about a CIA agent, and Spy Game is about a retired CIA agent. So I don't want to force it. Um, And I also don't want to say we should do both, because I don't want to force that game to you. And I mean, I'd be fine just doing doing Spy Game. Like, I I really like that Brad Pitt connection, because they did remind me so much of each other. Why don't we just do Spy Game then? And and if we decide to go back to Three Days of the Condor next week, we can, but but then we don't feel like we have to. Yeah, it's like watching the prequel. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, and we get another Tony Scott. So after uh, Tro- Top Gun and taking a oh, – no, actually, he did the sequel, the, the remake of Taking a Pelham. But, yeah, right. Top Gun director Tony Scott did Spy Game. So um, – It'll be a very different movie for us, too. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, I think um, it'll be fun. I think it'll um, be fun. All right, so – I mean, I, I'd be open to How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days as well. I mean, I'd be open to any of these. I think it's a very good Final Four. But I think you seem like you want to do Spy Game, and that works for me. Yeah, I think it would be a lot of fun. I, I think I want to go with that over, um, yeah, over How yeah, to Lose a Guy in Well, we have the mentoring um, in here, too, even if there's not necessarily Right, there's the mentoring connection. Um, and I did just watch How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days for with the uh, Post Show Recaps patrons. Just oh, they just did that? Oh, okay. Summer, so. oh, that's good to know. I yep. mean, it's, you know, it, it wasn't, it, it, like, for a podcast or anything, but it was just in the Discord, and I was like... Yeah. Speaking of post-show recaps patron, they might be mentioning that shortly. Um, all right, cool. Yeah, uh, Natalie Wood was in the candidate, though. Man, oh, man. Natalie Wood. Um, all right, but we are not doing the – really good set of connections or suggestions this week considering um, we didn't have some of our regular people right in. But Spy Game it is next week. Love Brad it. Pitt joins the two-timers club on this podcast. Robert Redford joins the two-timers club as well. We're going to talk about the mentoring relationship – of Spy Game, Tony Scott's 2001 movie, and it is streaming on Peacock. I I don't really understand how the commercials work on Peacock because I get I Peacock really Premium, yeah. but I think there's still ads for Peacock Premium unless you pay for Peacock Premium, no ads. Uh, so I will probably be renting this um, yeah, rent or librarying it uh, more than likely. Um, but Spy Game is what we're going to be watching, and yeah. time to play uh, the game. The- the great Stephen Delane is apparently the third build in this. Um, that makes me really excited. Yeah. Uh, Very good cast. This is going to be fun. Yeah. 2001. Uh, and, oh, look, at the, the box for it at the library says, The Perfect High Def Movie Experience. All right, we'll Beautiful. see. Beautiful. I love it. We'll see if Let's it's see. perfect. Yeah, turn the I'm volume up. glad you came over to fix my TV last weekend. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other cool thing is that I'm getting another point, which is always nice. Um, I think the sting was also my suggestion last week, so that's two in a row for me. Good for you. Uh, 
on a little bit of hot streak. We'll have to do a score uh, update. Yeah, we will. We will. Um, well, this has been the podcast of the people so far this year. I mean, it's uh, before factoring in this week, the listeners have chosen 22 out of our 37 movies so far this year. Um, that will take you up to eight above my seven. Nice. And one for our guests. Cool. We had All one right. guest pick. Yeah. We haven't had a guest in a while, but that's okay. We have it's not. Just have a, we had a long run of guests uh, for a while. We I did. guess we actually did just have all in a few weeks ago. So that we did. But... Yep. All right. Doing Spy Game next week. Talking about Brad Pitt. Uh, Brennan, what do you got going on otherwise? Uh, a few different things. So I am uh, Survivor comes back next week. Really True. excited about that. Um, things are starting to gear up with um, drafts and drafts and podcasts. Yeah, next Wednesday. Oh wow! I thought um, we had two yeah. weeks. Yeah, so we got to get we got to get things uh, ramped up. Um, we must do a lot of podcasts trying to get ready for Survivor. Um, right. Really excited! Uh, I have my HelloFresh meals all picked out that I'm getting next week, um, so that I have something good to eat. Um, otherwise, hey Zach, we're going to be on a podcast together, and it's yeah. not this one. Yeah. Um, speaking one. of the post show recaps, patron, I believe it's patron only. Uh, I think. Uh, I don't know. because At this uh, point, it is. Eventually, yeah. it'll be released into the main feed. Oh, eventually, it'll be released. Nice. So they are going through, uh, similar to what I did uh, on For Your Ears Only, they are going through one actor at a time, uh, the James Bond franchise. They're just doing yep. one movie per actor. Uh, I don't know who they're picking for the other actors, but tomorrow, Brendan and I are going to be talking about The Spy Who Loved Me on Post Show Recaps with Jessica Lise and um, Grace, Grace, Grace Leader, who was on who was a guest podcast. Star? Yep. Yeah, I don't remember what movie uh, she was on off the top of my what head. What did get Grace come on for? I don't recall either. Yeah. Um, my Dirty best. Dancing? Was it Dirty Dancing? No. No, that was Megan was on yeah, for Dirty right, Dancing. Right. Might have been the way, way back. Um, it might have been. Um, no, because I, I feel like we tried to get her on for something fun. Yeah. We should know this. We should not have to look this um, up. Yeah, I know. This is bad. I feel bad. Um, uh, let's see. If I just Google Grace Leader Movie Ladder, uh, yep. going way further back, uh, Oh, the way oh, way back. It was back. the way way back. It was way yeah, way back. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah, you said okay. the way back. And I was like, no. No, I said the way way back. Okay, sure. Very confusing. Well, see, I confused those two movies. Yes. Oh about. man, we're we're a disaster. But that's we okay. Are. What a disastrous uh, episode yeah. of the podcast. No, we did this have. This is what happens have... when you try to rush things. I know, right? Um. Uh, so yes, we're we're gonna be joining Grace and Jess. Uh, if that is released to the general public for non-patrons, we'll definitely promote uh, that. Um, I'm excited to rewatch the Spy Who Loved Me because I just feel like I gave kind of short shrift to the uh the Roger Moore Spawn movies because I watched them all and then back and I didn't podcast about them for months. So, um, and I'm very glad that I didn't pick Moonraker because I figured that would be the one people would pick because of the name recognition. Yeah. yeah. So. I think I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, excited to check that out. Um, also, I mean, yeah, as we mentioned earlier, What We Do in the Shadows is back and that's been really fun to watch so far. Um, hope people are checking that out. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned this yet and I may have, um, but Nine Perfect Strangers, also on Hulu, has been really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's only an episode two or le- two left of that. So um, that's probably what I'll end up watching tonight is finishing that. Because I think the final episode is... Yeah, I never got around to that. Maybe I will at some I really point. really enjoyed um, it. Um, yeah, I feel very behind on TV and movies. Um, yeah, me too. Um, I'm still behind on podcasts as well. Yeah, that's never it. Yeah. That's what happens when you take vacation. You fall behind on everything. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, speaking of being behind. I think what I'll be watching this week is uh, Daisies for the Criterion Challenge. Uh, I did not watch last week's movie yet, so I'm going to be watching oh, that. Okay. Are you still on the Eclipse? Um, yeah. I watched uh, I watched News from Home 
which was really, really good. Really good documentary. You would hate it. <laughs> hey, you never know. All right, maybe I'll look into that. It's always nice when we don't we can't decide for us to pick the same movie. Yeah. So, um, and I also have the Fisher King out from the library right now, so I will nice. be watching that on my personal ladder. Maybe by next week, we'll see. Like so, but we're both going to be watching Spy Who Loved Me for that yep. post show recaps podcast, and then we're both going to be watching Spy Game. So lots of spies in our in our movie titles this week, Brendan. Alias is a podcast about a spy. So a new movie for both of us. We're going to find out what's going on with the CIA. Robert Redford, Brad Pitt. Some yep. other fun people. Spy Game coming up next yep. week. Make sure you send your feedback at LadderMovie and the movie ladder at gmail.com. Send that score. Send next movie connections off of those that movie that we're picking. And uh, we will read your comments and your suggestions. And looking forward to that. Next week, we'll be back to talk about Spy Game. Spy Game.